This is Live Well Talk on Inspire for Sleep Apnea, Part 2. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Union Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Sleep apnea is a very common medical condition and potentially serious, uh, potentially life-threatening, uh, where patients stop breathing or their breathing is obstructed while they sleep. Uh, returning the podcast today is Dr. Thomas Heineman, otolaryngologist with Physician Clinics of Iowa, Ear, Nose, and Throat, to share more about the INSPIRE procedure. Dr. Heineman, welcome back. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Congratulations. Thank you. Doc, Dr. Heineman's team, led by him, uh, has been designated in a center of excellence in, for INSPIRE implantation, exclusively performed here at St. Luke's, as well as the Surgery Center of Cedar Rapids. That's impressive. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's uh, it's been a certainly a team effort. Uh, between the ENT side, who's responsible for the implantation uh, of the device, and then the neurology sleep medicine side, who's responsible for the uh, long-term follow-up and just kind of optimizing the device uh, for each individual patient. Uh, so our team consists of myself, uh, Dr. Melanie uh, Giesler, who's uh, in the ENT department, and then uh, as well as uh, Scott Geisler from Neurology Sleep, uh, Dr. Um, Lori Schumann, and uh, Dr. Struthers. Uh, Bob Struthers from Neurology. So uh, certainly a, a group effort, but we were uh, very uh, excited. Uh, we were the first four in the country to obtain this designation, and that's across uh, the whole United States. So uh, it just speaks to the volume uh, that we that we see. Uh, they also uh, award this based on our outcomes. So uh, very much associated with uh, tracking these patients in terms of how they do, whether or not they use it, whether or not they like it. And then also uh, we try to be as objective as possible, looking at the actual reduction in their sleep apnea as, as quantified by, uh, by a sleep study. So uh, it's, it's something that we've, we've definitely had a lot of momentum. We've grown this program from our first implant almost two years ago to now, uh, I think we'll be doing our 200th by the end of, of next month or end of this month rather. So, uh, you know, it's, it's now up to where we're implanting around 20 a month. Uh, which is, uh, you know, definitely up there in terms of a volume. Uh, yeah, I think when we did the first podcast on this, I mean, you were well below fifty. Yep. I, I mean, might have been in like yep. the tens and twenties exactly. somewhere in there. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, so we're we're up there, and I think uh, looking at this quarter, we will implant uh, the second most in the country uh, over this quarter. So that's you know more than Mayo, more than uh, you know like lots of huge health systems uh, where we're, we just implanted the second most. So uh, definitely uh, something that we're proud of and something that continues to grow. I think I, th I would attribute some of that. You have a high functioning team that's directing these patients to evidence-based care. Exactly. As opposed to just one ENT surgeon and one exactly. neurologist in a exactly. silo, not talking to each other yep. and not getting the patients exactly. the best care. And that was one of the one of the criteria for the Care Team of Excellence Award, which is you have to have at least two implanting surgeons and you have to have at least two uh, sleep medicine managing providers. So that's where, uh, you know, it can't just be one, you know, one person doing it. It right. definitely right. Uh, is a whole team. Uh, the Eastern Iowa Sleep Center, which, you know, is a, is, a, is a pillar of our community in terms of managing the sleep has been great in terms of helping us uh, with uh, getting sleep studies done, you know, in a timely fashion. They also are involved in some of the management uh, after implantation with the special sleep study uh, after the Inspire is done. So they're uh, between, you know, certainly St. Luke's, the Surgery Center, 
Center, Eastern Iowa Sleep Center, uh, PCI. It's been a, it's definitely a collaborative effort. And uh, I think it really encapsulates what you can do when uh, you put a lot of people who care a lot about patients uh, also driving and just trying to adopt uh, technology and, and, and cutting edge care. And I think that, that, you know, that's really our goal. And I think the success and the patient satisfaction we've seen with the with the device and and really changing people's lives and changing a lot of the long term health effects as you as you pointed out in the in the opening about sleep apnea just it, it's very gratifying but also uh, you know we wouldn't be doing this if if and we wouldn't see the growth if if patients just didn't like it or you I, know. I was just going to say that I mean I think you're at the point now you've crossed that mm-hmm. that metric or that threshold to say this device works yep. Yep. I mean if it didn't you wouldn't be where you're exactly, at. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And and again, unlike a lot of the other surgeries we do, as much as we'd like to to say that all the care we give is data driven, you know, for most surgeries you do, uh, you know, no one's really tracking those outcomes. I mean, you yourself as a surgeon want to make sure you're doing uh, doing well and that your, you know, complication rates or success rates are within kind of what the norm is for your particular profession. But in this particular case, we Every single patient we implant, we know how much they're using it. We know whether they like it. And then we know the the results from the sleep study that they do afterwards. So uh, those are the three things we want to check in every patient. And, and you know, we have a benchmark that we want to hit. And that's, uh, that's really, I think, you know, by placing a bar for ourselves just to say that this is something that we want to uh, succeed at by these metrics, uh, that's when we know we're, I think, we're, you know, we're hitting the target that we want. Now, sleep apnea is so common. Yeah. Um, but just for our listeners, could you just tell us what sleep apnea is and how the Inspire device helps? Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, talking with patients on this, about this on a daily basis. So obstructive sleep apnea, uh, at a very kind of, uh, um, kind of anatomical level just means that your throat's closing up at night when you're sleeping. So, uh, somewhere between your nose and mouth and your lungs, the air is flowing in and it hits a wall. And, uh, what we as as surgeons want to do uh, in terms of trying to figure out why that is, is try to identify where that blockage is. And I simplistically break the throat down into three areas. There's the upper part, which is the soft palate and the nasopharynx. There's the middle part, which is typically the tongue. And the lower part, which is further down uh, in the structures, kind of right at the opening of the, the windpipe. And every single patient with obstructive sleep apnea, one of those three areas is the, the, the driver of the obstruction, meaning where that blockage is happening. And so every patient who, who we see for Inspire evaluation uh, has to undergo uh, an airway exam where we actually replicate a night of sleep. And we try to identify which one of those three areas is the, is the cause of their sleep apnea. Now, uh, this has been I think uh, one of the most exciting revolutions in how we think about sleep surgery. Inspire certainly has given us more tools, but the airway exam, the, it's called a sleep airway exam, really is given us that key um, data point in terms of trying to personalize the care. And the most common pattern, uh, which happens, I would say around 80 to 90% of the time, is that middle, that middle level where the tongue falls back. And what the Inspire device is, it's actually a heart pacemaker that was re-engineered to pace the tongue instead of the heart. So they're both muscles. Uh, that technology has been around for a long time. But in this case, we know because of the airway exam that the patient stops breathing because their tongue's in the way. So we can't really change the tongue anatomically. We can't make it smaller. We obviously can't remove it. So what we do is we use a, a technology like Inspire to just kind of 
nudge it out of the way. And that's where I think fundamentally you see what causes sleep apnea, but then what we're doing to fix it. And that's where that's where the in- Inspire device comes and in. You, you just did you, you said about ninety percent. Yeah, have the pattern where the where the tongue. Have you gotten out. to the point where you see the patient clinic? You're like, okay, this is yeah, this, yeah. I mean, I think I, certainly because we've probably done close to four hundred of those airway exams or more, uh, and so I think I have a, a pretty good gestalt for it. It is still we still are surprised, truthfully, sometimes. And we, because that airway exam is so quick uh, and very, very, very low risk, it's still a, a very important step because we want, if you're going to go through the, you know, the time and the effort and the potential risk of the implant itself, we just want to make sure that it's going to work. It's also required by insurance that we do that airway exam as well prior to implantation. Well, I mean, but that just common sense. Exactly. I mean, you're selecting the exactly. appropriate patient. Exactly. And so therefore your outcomes are going to exactly. be good. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so the Inspire device uh, stimulates the tongue to go forward. Yep. And is there any, like, so I, I'm going to lay down and sleep. I turn it on. Is there a delay or does it happen right away? There is a delay. Uh, I think the default setting is 30 minutes, enough time for you to fall asleep, but that can be changed to whatever you want. If you're somebody who falls asleep once your head hits the pillow, uh, you could set that at 10 minutes. If you're somebody who's more of a, you know, kind of lay there for a while, you could set it to an hour. Uh, but then once, once that, kind of delay time has thresholds been reached, the device turns on. Now, uh, in every patient with the device, uh, we want to find a setting that's strong enough to move the tongue out of the way, uh, but gentle enough to not wake you up. And that is different in every patient. And the, the amazing thing about the technology is that it's extremely customizable. So there's like a million different configurations, settings, modes, strengths that we can do. Uh, and that's done through the sleep team. And again, kudos to, to the sleep and side. D- yeah. Not to interrupt, but yeah. they, do they do that remotely? I mean, well, so now, so, you know, kind of since our last, uh, inspire, uh, podcast, uh, so now all the remotes are Bluetooth. That's been uh, a new development in the last several months. So the remote communicates. So the inspire device communicates to the remote and the remote communicates to the app on your phone and that gets uh, loaded into the cloud. So we can see that patients are using it. Uh, we can see what settings they're at, but we can't change it remotely. So the patient still can is kind of in the driver's seat. So uh, without getting kind of too much into the weeds, um, we start patients when they're first, uh, after they're first um, implanted uh, at a low level and they, they build up one level a week. And they actually change that setting on the remote themselves at home. And the reason why we do that is because the muscle, the tongue, isn't used to being paced at night. And so uh, like training for a marathon, you know, you start slow and you build up and that muscle gets stronger with time and can tolerate more uh, intense, you know, stimulation than you could right out of the gate. So uh, it does take a couple of weeks for patients to build up. They're going up one level a week to where it's they're they're given enough stimulation to move the tongue, but it's still comfortable. Uh, but that's a process. Uh, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Just depends on the patient. But that uh, you know is in collaboration with the with the sleep team. And then do you is it based on the patient's response when you say okay we're at the right exactly okay. so so uh, 
the first thing we go by is is subjective how you feel like you you slept so if you it, it's pretty amazing actually or you know most patients with obstructive sleep apnea their default sleep is just quite poor they wake up tired they wake up with headaches they wake up just with you know low energy they feel like they need to nap all the time and sometimes we'll start them at a low level those those symptoms persist and then they hit like level four level five level six and then they start to say oh i woke up this morning i didn't have a headache i woke up this morning i felt like i actually got rest all of those types of things and then that tells us that it's starting to work and then we just kind of have them keep marching up and then of course if it's too strong you back down you kind of settle it in and most patients will uh, kind of find that level just empirically by how they feel uh, and then we bring them into the sleep center after that do a sleep study and uh, that typically happens about three to six months after implantation okay. and then uh, we not only confirm that they had a reduction in their sleep apnea as seen by the sleep study. It's pretty amazing actually when the patient goes in, the sleep tech who's kind of managing the sleep study can turn the device on and off as part of their, they're specially trained to do that. And they're, you'd see them just, you see the patient, you turn it off, you, you know, they stop breathing 50 times an hour, just like, you know, once a minute they stop breathing about, and then you turn it on and then there's like, you know, total new normal breathing. You turn it off, stop breathing 50 times an hour, turn it on. So it's like almost a like a case control trial within themselves that night. Wow. And they can, the sleep tech during that study will oftentimes just tweak it if there's a little bit of setting where they know that they could go up just a little bit or down a little bit and get a better response on the on the sleep apnea standpoint. But then once the patients, you know, kind of solidified from that sleep study, you know, they follow up once a year and they, they just keep going. And uh, I think we probably mentioned last time the battery does last 11 years. So, um, you know, it is a battery change uh, in about a decade, but, uh, you know, compared to CPAP or, and, and that battery change is, is, is a much simpler procedure anyways oh, than, I bet, than the yeah. initial one. Well, so a couple questions. Yeah. Does it make a noise? It doesn't. Okay. All right. Silent. No. Yeah. Um, can I have an MRI? You can now. So also a change since our last podcast, the FDA as of about four to five months ago, uh, approved it for whole body MRI clearance. So okay. uh, no restrictions on imaging, mammograms, CT scans, anything like that anymore. Um, so that's a, that's been a positive change as well. So as the patient, it's the levels ramped yeah. up. Do they feel it? I mean, so it's not a buzz or a zap or a shock or anything that you would anticipate, you know, something, you know, an electrical stimulation of your tongue. It's more that your tongue is just kind of stiffening, contracting slightly, and you're not doing it. So that's kind of the best way to to describe it, perhaps. Uh, of course, if you really, you know, go uh, very high, you could kind of feel like a cramping or a, a discomfort. But, but you know, patients, again, are ramping up slowly. And it's it's not, the stimulation is not enough to wake you up. Can, can you talk when it's turned on? Y you can't in the sense that every time you breathe in, because that's how the device syncs with your breath, every time you breathe in, your tongue is kind of stiffening. So again, you wouldn't want to drink anything or talk or anything when it's on, but it, but this is something that you're just turning on when you go to bed and right, you turn off right. in the morning and you wake it up. So uh, it is, you know, it's a, when patients do get it turned on the first time, you know, it's always a little bit of a, you know, they're kind of laughing or like, this is like, feels funny, but after a while, I think they, they just don't even notice it. Well, and I think sleep apnea is one of those conditions that whatever you're doing, if it works, yeah the patient, the compliance goes, is a hundred percent. How am I trying to say this? Uh, I, we, we, we used to do this 
camping canoe trip. And I remember yeah. there was a guy that would know me to go on it. This is, I mean, this was huge. It was the uh, Missouri and it was yeah. the uh, retracing Lewis and Clark expedition. I mean, this is huge. Yep. But then he, he had really bad sleep apnea. Yeah. And so he quit going because he would not yeah. leave home yeah. with without his CPAP. Now they have yeah. smaller devices yeah. and I'm sure, but, but it just struck me as like, wow, he felt that much better. Yeah. yeah. With it. So I can imagine once people get yeah. the hang of it, they're like, I'm not changing yeah. this. Yeah. And, you know, when I talk with patients, it's not necessarily if you do if you do well with CPAP, you like CPAP, uh, you know, this isn't, this, you know, my my mission is not to convert everyone with CPAP to Inspire. This is really built for people who, as you've mentioned, uh, you know, maybe from a lifestyle standpoint, maybe they're business travelers, they're traveling all the time. Right. Yeah. They can't take their device with them or uh, these are people who just claustrophobia can't get a mask to fit, you know, restless sleepers. They're tossing and turning. They get tangled in the hose. There's a lot of people out there who do struggle with sleep apnea. And for the longest time, it was CPAP or nothing, really. Right. And now uh, we see a ton of people coming out of the woodwork who maybe tried a CPAP 10 or 15 years ago and just couldn't tolerate it. And they just didn't think there was going to be anything ever for them. And now uh, there is. And that's why I think what's what's exciting about medicine is that we're trying to solve problems we're trying to help people that uh previously we didn't have a you know a, a solution for and now this is available so it's not for everyone and not everyone is a candidate but for the people who uh are candidates and you know do struggle with sleep apnea and can't tolerate the mask this has really uh i think been a game changer well it certainly uh certainly uh falls under that uh, design of medicine and science is, yeah. is not providing the answer as much as just a quest for knowledge. Yep, and this is just exactly. a, along that path, exactly. you know, which exactly. is, uh, I mean, the scientists and all of us just <laughs> yeah. love stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. Well, once again, this is Dr. Thomas Heineman. Uh, thanks for coming by. Yep. Uh, he's, he's on his way to Atlanta to give a talk on Inspire. Yep. So this, yep. we wish him safe travels. Uh, it's been great information. Again, this is Dr. Thomas Heineman, laryngologist at Physicians Clinic of Iowa, Ear, Nose, and Throat, discussing Inspire for sleep apnea. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.